1: and Gentlemen,
2: welcome to
3: the Dr. Joe show. Dang. Nicely done, Mark. How are we we missed, we missed you last week. Yeah. How have you been? yeah. Yeah, been well, been well. Driving through, you know,
2: making things happen. So, Dr. Joe, I have a question for you. I know the uh yeah. Outsmarting Anger book is doing extremely well. Um congratulations to you on that, but I
3: understand yeah you're close on the next book. Tell me, tell us about that a little bit. Yeah. So thanks Mark. So the next book is going to be a a collection of, of stories. Um, These are are people that I've had the chance of working with over the years and they, they have remarkable, remarkable stories. But then after I tell the story, um, I do an I am perspective. So, we, we, we spend so much time looking at people as disordered, as having an illness, as having a diagnosis, and the I am is saying, let's move away from that, because these people are doing the best they can in their world, given their four domains, who are the best we can. So we reframe what's going on, looking at the I am in that way. But for instance, one of the stories is about a man who had obsessive compulsive, and the I am perspective is about free will because one of the one of the great criticisms about the I am when was first developing it was well if we're always doing the best we can what happens to free will and the idea is you always have choices as a matter of fact you have more choices when you really understand the I am because you become aware of what you're doing and how you're being influenced by things uh or for instance um there's a story on A woman who's who's been horribly horribly abused as as a child and how her life became a life where she was so distressed she didn't even think she could love her own child and of course she does and the i am story there is really looking at you know why do we call people disordered why do we call people sick at all they're just simply responding to the world that they are living in what i'm really hoping is that people will take this and apply it, not just to being a therapist, but just apply it to your own life. Look at your whole life. Reflect. Reflect instead of be reflexive. Be reflective. Why am I doing this? What's happening in my four domains? So right now, we are trying to figure out the title. And so for our listeners, if you want to type into Facebook, which one of these titles do you like better? What's my I am? unleashing the power of respect or unleashing the power of respect the i am approach what do you think unleashing the power of respect because that's what the i am is about
4: tom you got a favorite i think i lo- i do like what's my i am it might be a little biased because i know what that is mm. and so I- i'm trying to follow someone's line of thinking seeing the cover not knowing what an i am is and i think maybe it'll make me turn over and read the jacket mm. yeah mark what if about you, you? See, if you see what's my i am
2: colon unleashing that is uh that's that's captivating what about yeah. the picture are you going to use the the icon the uh the brand yeah yeah i think we'll use we'll use the am logo, logo that we've got the brand i like it I think it's a winner regardless because the content inside is so valuable, but I know that, you know, marketing of it is, is so very important. Also. I just, I don't understand that space, that publishing space and, and all that is, is, you know, outside my scope of expertise, but um, you know, I, I think you want to lean on what the pros say, right? What, I'm sure they've done the research they've uh, indicated, through their research what triggers people what gets people to you know look deeper as opposed to huh seems interesting what i'm going to keep going as opposed to boom seems interesting i'm going to read the jacket i'm going to read the intro i'm going to i'm going to buy
3: this book i'm going to buy this book yeah that's that's what i'm hoping for so you're right the title's important but but it's the application of it because I, I don't want this just to be you know a you know heady thinking that's not what the book is folks it's a book of compelling stories about these people's lives. They're remarkable. And then how do you apply the I am in your life today, right now? You know, and I I'm very grateful. Mark, you, you you've chatted with me. We've known each other for years, and you've been applying the I am at work, right? I, I
2: think it's amazing. And I and you know, I know uh, we've talked about this as, you know, you know, personal improvement or self-improvement or what was formerly known as self-help. You know, everybody's looking for ways to, to be better, right? To better themselves, to, you know, t- tomorrow is a better day than yesterday and, and striving for certain goals. And I think this has all of the elements to get people there because, you know, you're looking inward, you're looking at yourself, you're, you're, you're reflecting on what how you are perceived, how you're um, perceiving others, and then you're stepping back and you're looking at them in a different way, right? Because you understand these four domains and how they interconnect, and it only makes you better, right? And I'm not talking about, you know, better in a way that you're better than somebody else, but better than you were yesterday, right? And and you're, you're constantly improving. And I think you know, some people shy away from those types of, of literature, those books, because they feel like it's self-help. It's, it's, it's you know, wonky and quack and whatever their reasoning is. But if people get something and they benefit by it, then why wouldn't they want to embrace it and, and consume as much of it as possible? I'm I love those types of books. Anything that I can take and bring it home and make myself better happier more you know achieving successful whatever it may be i'll absorb it all day long and i think you have something that people people need to read people need to understand and people people it will benefit them
3: i hope so and you know we we've got a couple of incredible guests tonight you know COVID is still there even though hopefully We're seeing the end of it and and we have much more hope, but boy, we have been through some trauma and we've got folks with us tonight who've been helping
4: so many others. Tom, can you introduce our guest for tonight, please? Oh, absolutely. Larry Berkowitz is the co-founder of Riverside Trauma Center. He has provided direct therapeutic services for over 30 years and has managed mental health services for over 15 years. His clinical areas of expertise include work with children, adolescents, adults, and families who are trauma survivors and or suicide survivors. He coordinates and provides disaster response services and post-suicide intervention for individuals, schools, workplaces, and communities. Joanne Edward is a licensed mental health counselor. She's also an outreach crisis counselor at Mass Support Network. She's a Haitian-American who holds two master's degrees in school guidance counseling and mental health counseling and has six years of experience working with adolescents and teenagers. Welcome, welcome. Welcome,
3: welcome. Thank you. I, I, I'm so glad you guys are here now. I, I just want to remind our listeners that it was about, what, maybe four or five months ago, Larry? That we had the Riverside folks in to talk about the work they were doing then. And, and I really wanted them to come back and tell us Give us a follow-up of what's been going on so larry can you just you know fill our listeners in with with uh, the work that riverside has been doing
1: yeah sure the mass support program is the uh, state's fema funded crisis counseling program there's one in every state right now it's my understanding and some of the territories uh responding to the pandemic and it's um we it's part of riverside trauma center which uh this program you mentioned thank you tom that uh, that i run and we've actually been able to hire up to about it's about 45 people i think joanne who are on six teams around the state we're helping to reach out to people trying to help support them and dealing with all the incredible range of things that come up you you may remember uh dr joe last time we talked that the program is initially designed to help people after a hurricane after a tornado a flood or something so the idea is we go out and knock on people's doors and greet them and ask how they're doing and welcome to well we couldn't do that during the pandemic right so we've had to find other ways to do that and you may recall we've been talking about finding ways to use social media and zoom and Facebook and all the kinds of things we're doing here right now as ways of reaching out and connecting with people so there's been a lot of that going on we've been highly successful at reaching actually uh, in terms of impressions on social media, we've had over a million uh, in the last few months. Uh, uh, t- Twitter chats and town hall meetings. And uh, so I actually thought we could tell you a little bit more about how some of those are going. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Great. Please, uh, let me jump <laughs> in then. Great. The, the, the town halls have been on a whole variety of subjects. We you know, get, try to get some special guests in uh, to talk about. Their area of expertise we've talked about housing issues housing crisis we've talked about you know the emotional strains and stresses suicide prevention uh, you know kids in school um, just an incredible range uh, and one of the things we've recently started is some of these town hall meetings for first segments of the community so we have one in uh, called cafe Con Leche. it's a spanish language um, that's talking about all kinds of issues around really understanding what do we need to know about the science what's how's it impacting communities what do we need to know about the vaccine uh and people's perhaps reluctance about the vaccine one of the um, newer town hall meetings that we've started is called soul food and that's something that joanne has been in, involved in actually joanne let me ask you to talk about this this uh this what feels like a really successful uh, effort
0: um, so folks, uh, Soulful was created because we just wanted to have a space for Black and Brown people to, so we can discuss mental health and how mental health has affected us during COVID times. So the t- the actual title is SOFU for the Black Minds, so or validating Black pain and addressing mental health issues in the Black community. So we had our first event back in March, where we kind of was doing, we kind of did an overview. Um, so we touched upon um, stress during the pandemic for people of color. Um, and the psychological stress of racism and the how it affects us because we know like because of George Floyd during the pandemic um, and now all these killings of unarmed black people um, just to have those discussions. Then, we're talk, then we talked about um, racism and mental health. Then we discussed um, African immigrants during the pandemic and how that has affected that community. Then um, I personally discussed um, self care in the black community and how a lot of us who are people of color were actually essential workers where they didn't have the luxury of staying at home during the pandemic from working from home and how that's affected them. Then we talked about workplace tension of like if you kind of wanted to work from home, how that worked out if you were a person of color, were you allowed? And then we talked about history of healthcare disparities um, in regards to the pandemic as well. And on Monday, myself and another colleague, Sanji had a, uh, roundtable discussion with Girlie Adrian, the first Haitian American black woman city council in Everett about um, self-care and also the work for extension during COVID because she had dealt with a lot of those different things during that time and then we provided resources for people of color in regards to if they wanted to continue to contact us at Mass Support what resources they could use in regards to self-care and what and how to reach us so we're just trying to do that and be able to be there for the community And our next event is May 5th which is um about the psychological stress of racism in this community and um the pandemic and also um africans in during the pandemic so there's a lot of different things that I think.
3: so that's incredible so the one may 5th how do people access that one
0: so once our fires go up i think in a week or so then um there'll be zoom links will be on facebook live so then people will be able to like sign up that way
1: it should also be on our uh, our website right joanne which right. is mass masssupport.org three s's in there masssupport.org mm,
3: that's
1: fantastic so so
3: joanne what 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 were the responses like what,
0: so it fun? was really interesting um we had a, a lot of great responses um a lot of questions because like we try to keep it the first event we did an hour and a half and even though it was a long time there's like a lot of questions and a lot of information that we wanted to get through and then the second event it was an hour It was more of a roundtable discussion and more of um, a question and answers. And even then we had so many questions from people about like, how do they find like therapists? Like how do they work in regards to coping with stress and having to work during uh, during COVID, Um, what that means for them, what that means for their families. And a lot of people saying that like, they don't have the time for self-care because they're running around with three or four different jobs trying to maintain for their family help their um loved ones but still trying to like maintain some type of sanity so just like a lot of people asking questions and a lot of people asking resources and kind of asking us like what we do in regards to self-care and what we do during this time so it's a very great conversation
1: Mm. wow that's a great lead-in can can we ask you Joanne what what did you say about self-care
0: so for me i feel like And I say this all the time, self-care is not a one-size-fits-all. It's whatever you can make it to be. So, for example, for me, self-care could be I'm going to take a a nap for 15 minutes during my day. For somebody else, it can be making their favorite meal. For someone else, it could be taking a walk or calling a friend. So, it's not a one-size-fits-all. I think what I said was we kind of have to figure out, with trial and error sometimes, what works for us and what doesn't work for us. Because I know a lot of, like, there's a lot of things like take a bath or, like, um do this me- meditation method and that might not work for a lot of people or they might not want to do that so the things that they can tell just for themselves
1: but, but it
3: sounds like the, the common thread is give yourself some time
0: yes and allow whatever version of yourself that is currently present just allow that to be and work through that but you kind of like can't just like Give yourself permission to just be and give yourself permission to take care of yourself if you're running around and doing a bunch of different things
1: that's 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 such a good point you know one of the things we often talk about is for lots of us who are in the helping fields uh this may ring true to you dr joe you know people who are teachers and uh you know healthcare providers and those of us in the social work type of field and stuff we're really good usually at telling other people what they might be able to do mm my experiences were not so good at take, doing this stuff ourselves, right? Uh, but we often talk about it as like a, an ethical impar- imperative. You know, if they're a, a great saxophone player. Uh, Char- Charlie Parker said, if you don't live it, it won't come out your horn. You know, mm. <laughs> we, if, if we really want other people to get this stuff and, and believe it from us, we, we got to be modeling it. We got to be living it and feeling it too. We got to be taking care of ourselves as best we can even in these tough situations. It's so true. It's so true. And if
3: if we don't live it, how can we model it? And if we don't model it, how are other people going to be able to really capture this and do it? But it's that time. We, we, We have to be able to take the time. Things go so fast. We're running so hard. We don't sometimes even realize what it's like to just sort of slow down for a minute. In these troubling times. Mark, are you doing that with with your folks uh at Styles Law? You know, we're trying to do the best we can, right? So it's been um
2: it's been a it's been a it's been a long year, you know. Um, but we're trying to give everybody the access to be able to work where they want, right? So initially it was, you know, everybody you gotta work from home, we gotta figure this out. Thankfully we have cloud soft cloud encrypted software and laptops and everything that we could make it work but a lot of people really wanted to be part of the community so we made you know safe safe uh safe environment to make that work as we as we proceeded and you know we're 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 trying to bring it to everybody in 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 the place that they want to be so um you know, I think we're doing a good job. We have a really strong team, but, you know, with the self-care, you know, we used to have a lot of enrichment type of things that we would do at the office. You know, we had a, as you know, we had a guitar teacher that would come in and give lessons to folks and we'd have a massage therapist that would come in, you know, once a month. And I understand that she's getting back into it. So we're going to start doing that again. And we try to do some, you know, group events to keep things light we're doing the shred show next month i know you know that um we'll be talking about that we'll be but talking about that shred show is great red show but um you know we're we meet every morning at 9 30 and i think that's the ultimate um the ultimate because you know we get to check in you know some of us we're fractured in different places some are working from home the beauty of it is, is that you can work from virtually anywhere now, but sometimes that doesn't work for people. So you can check in through the visual screens and and then maybe one off if, you know, things aren't looking exactly right. And, you know, tax, Hey, you got five minutes to talk and and check in with people and, and a team checks in together with each other too. And it's really, it's, it's, it's nice. It's a, it's a wonderful team to be a part of.
1: Yeah. Mark, that's that's awesome to hear you say that you're doing that with your teams and checking in daily. And that's actually one of the things our teams have been doing too. We, we often start meetings with a, what we call a PIES check-in and PIES stands for physical, emotional, intellectual, and either spiritual or something specific you're working on. So the question to each person is to quickly go around and in each of those realms, you know, what's going on for you. Um, just, Mm -hmm. just to make sure people are centered on what's going on for them.
0: Yeah.
4: It's
1: important. So important, people are talking,
2: are. people are talking, you know, as opposed to 18 months ago, you know, you ask them, you know, they're, they're going to be a lot more specific about how they're feeling these days than they would have 18, oh, fine, see it, you know, let's move on, move on. But now it's like, well, you know, it's, I had a tough, tough night's sleep last night or, or whatever it might be,
3: you know? But it's you know, it's, it's so great. People are talking about mental health, not mental illness and and they really it's such a subtle and yet such important difference mental health is becoming something that we can all appreciate you know without that stigma of mental illness you know so it's fascinating john i'm just wondering you're 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 doing this with riverside but but you you have another job as well working with with other folks when how's COVID been affecting these other kids
0: um for me i feel like it's it's a lot of sad stories about like isolation about kids feeling depressed um so we go back in um the end of april right and there's so many there's now like a lot of kids who didn't have anxiety now have anxiety like i don't know if i like i haven't been around people for a long time like, I don't know my teachers. I, I barely know my, like, I don't even know if I have friends anymore. So now they're anxious about going to school. It's like a lot, it's like a lot going on for a lot of kids. And like, um, I also do 504s in my school. So like, I've gotten so many 504 refer- referrals for depression, hmm. like a lot for anxiety. I think kids are just, they've been isolated for so long. And I think now, like, if they're going to be in a space where, they're going to be with other kids. I think now they're actually getting anxious cause like, I don't know how to interact with kids and like school when they go back is not going to be normal in regards to like, from in my school particularly like kids can't leave the classroom so teachers rotate. So there's no like hallway banter, uh-huh. the teachers are going to rotate. Um, I don't know what lunch looks like or how that works but like it's a lot of newness for kids, right? And I don't know if they were equipped to deal with this newness because as adults we weren't really equipped to deal with this newness either and I, I my fear is like what will the ramifications ramifications be next year or the year after like what does this look like a long term for kids and adults like what what is the true effect of COVID when we regard to our mental health a year or two from now yeah. I mean, hopefully it's behind us
4: so, so
3: Larry what do you think about this I mean you know usually when we think of trauma I think we think of an acute event that, that has happened and it's had this you know intense impact in our life yeah but this is yeah. now a year-long trauma isn't it is this a different quality
1: right. well exactly so we're talking about chronic stress right and that's what trauma really is is a stress reaction right it's uh, about how our bodies and our minds are responding to constant ongoing stress sometimes we would consider it or call it uh, toxic stress um, and I think that's exactly right for the adults and the kids. That's what we're dealing with ongoing chronic stress. And a lot of the work is trying to help people figure out how to manage that. Uh, there's all this uncertainty that goes with that. Um, and we, we've, I, you probably heard me talk about one of the principles we use around trying to help manage all that uncertainty are the principles of safety, predictability, and control. How do we help people to the degree possible set up, you know, in the schools, To Joanne's example, um, set up uh, situations where we can help kids feel like they're being safe. So whatever the school is doing to help keep them safe and help them understand it's about safety, right? What are the routines? What are the predictive things they can predict every day? How do we keep that constant? And um, what are the few things that we can control, right? Uh, And trying to focus on those things. Focus on the, the positive things that we can control um but you're, you're right we, we don't know where this is going there's a lot of worry about the ongoing impact even even as we start to emerge uh from this with more and more people getting vaccinated i think we're gonna be curious about how mental health and wellness is going for people uh in the months ahead yeah so so important especially as as more and more people get
3: vaccinated and yet there's some people that are still so reluctant to get vaccinated. John, are you finding that?
0: Um, I think a lot of my friends personally, like in the beginning were like kind of hesitant in, like about getting vaccination because of the historical um, connotations for being a person of color and how that's negatively affected us and not trusting the medical system, right? But I think as the months have gone by, I think people just want to be able to experience other people and go out I think a lot of my friends are like i'm just gonna get vaccinated so a majority of my friends um are vaccinated but when i think about my my mom for example she's a healthcare worker but she doesn't want to get vaccinated because she's scared because she's like what if something happens to me or like what if i get really really sick because of the vaccine so i think the older generations are still kind of hesitant but i feel like the younger generations are like i need to get vaccinated right away
3: that's so interesting so so your mom's reluctance to get vaccinated is because she wants to be sure she's around to help care for the others
0: yeah and she doesn't want to get sick at all
3: wow yeah huh yeah it's 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 a remarkable remarkable thing that's happening in our world right now with um the reluctance is is it by population do you think or um you were talking about you know Hispanic population, other pop, is there something there? Or am I just making something up here?
0: I feel like for people of color, like trusting medical people like Tuxili and all that, like people are just not that trusting of the medical system and for rightfully so, right? Um, And I think in the beginning, especially when COVID first happened, I remember, people used to joke like black people can't get COVID. It was like for the first like week or two, like black people are not getting COVID. And then we were dying by huge margins and people like like, people of color dying by huge margins. So I think it's just like, just like for me, one of the reasons why I wanted to get vaccinated and the reason why I did get vaccinated, I wanted to show like my community that I'm a woman of color who got vaccinated and I'm okay. So maybe somebody seeing me get vaccinated, they will think that it's okay to get vaccinated. But I I remember when I got vaccinated, I was scared. I was, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, oh my God, like is something gonna happen to me? Am I gonna get sick? But I was perfectly fine. Like I had an amazing experience. Like I didn't get sick at all. Um, I, I recommend it, but it was a great experience for me.
1: Well, what a great story, Joanne. And I think that really goes to, you know, helping with the hesitancy when people see their family members, their neighbors, their friends, their community leaders, uh, getting vaccinated and they're okay and saying this is okay they're going to trust that more I think than some doctor who's talking from Washington D.C. right So you know, that, that that's that that weighs in more I think for lots of people in lots of communities um, yeah I must say that when, when I went to get my second vaccine
3: um, I wore a t-shirt that said trust me I'm a doctor um, and and the guy who was giving me the shot took a picture of it so that they could post it around as I'm getting my vaccine. Trust me, I'm a doctor. It's you know. So um but it, but it is fascinating. I, I certainly have worked with a lot of people who are healthcare providers who have just been worried. Um but now that more and more people are, are getting the vaccine and more and more people are still alive, I think people are more likely to begin getting it. So Yeah, so this chronic stress response, you know, under chronic stress your blood pressure goes up. You know, you're more risk for type two diabetes because you're putting on weight and and you're, it's just, I actually wrote a book on it. That was my first book was called manage your stress. And one of the things that in that book spoke about was one of the best ways to manage your stress is to help somebody else manage theirs because then you become a benefactor and benefactors are highly valued and that alone just decreases our sense of stress, you know. I'm not gonna be kicked out of my protective group. I'm gonna be able to help other people. And that is really part of what the two of you have been doing. You have been helping so many people, but what's been some of the bigger stressors for you guys? I'm gonna get all shrinky and personal, but there we are. It's the Dr. Joe show exploring who we are and why we do what we do. All right, what about you? What have been some of the stressors that you experienced during COVID?
1: How much time do we have, Joe?
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, I feel too.
1: yeah i mean there's a long list of them you know and, and and every day i remind myself of the things that i'm grateful for um you know i'm lucky enough to be able to work from home most days although i'm starting to get back to the office um i've you know been able to work and could get a you know paycheck i've stayed healthy and my family stayed up there's a long list and there's also a long things a long list of things that are causing me stress you know mm. not being able to spend time with people i care about and friends mm. uh you know not one of one of exercising is one of my greatest stress release kinds of things i couldn't go to the gym all winter right uh, mm. you know, sort of being trapped in the house there um you know the challenges i i, I love socializing with the people i work with and they're a great group and sitting around the lunch table to get i haven't done that in 14 months you know it's uh, so i think for all of us there's the, the both and you know i can feel grateful about certain things. And there are other things I just need to acknowledge have been stressful, yeah. Yeah. John, what about you?
0: I think I wanna echo what Larry says. Like there's so many things that I can be, not can be, am grateful for um, being, I didn't get COVID um, at all. Um, so that was, and I was around a bunch of kids and I was, our school was supposed to go to um, um one of the places in Cambridge that actually got COVID, that that super spreader event, and I didn't get sick, um, I've been able to work. So I've been very grateful for that. But I think the things that cause me stress is the things that I talk about, like self-care, like being able to pour into others the same way that I pour into myself. I feel like trying to find that time because like what well, we all are in like the helping profession like we want to help people want to be there for people, but like just like not forgetting myself in regards to like what I need in order to do the work that I do. I think that sometimes causes me stress because trying to schedule that in my time and then also doing X, Y and Z that I have to do for others. Sometimes that can be stressful, but I feel like I've been learning throughout the last couple of months how to be able to take that time for myself and to shut down when I actually need to shut down and not focus on others but just really focus on myself
3: mm. Mark and Tom
0: I, I think I'm gonna ask you the same questions
3: what about you mark what what's been the most stressful about this for you you know it's the um a lot of it's the unknown
2: right so it's it's you know, getting fed certain information that is contradicted on another channel or it's contradicted the next day or, um, but th- just the unknown and and where, where are we coming out on this and how's it, how's it going to come out and when, when are we going to come out? But I'm a, I'm a social species, you know, I, I am extroverted. I like being around people. I thrive when I'm in groups of people and you know a lot of the you know the business networking that we've done and the sharing of experiences I feel that same anxiety that you were talking about with the students like when we go back to it am I gonna am I gonna remember how to do this you know am I gonna remember exactly and 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 are we doing it the same way you know how you know are we shaking hands or are we are we bowing and you know are we You know, are we hugging, you know, how, how, how is it? And how quickly will we get back to quote normal and what will normal look like? So that, that, that's kind of where I'm at, but there's a lot of positives that have come out of it, right? The COVID positives, we call it and gratitude is a, is a huge part of it. You know, you're aware of it, but boy, did COVID really make you hyper aware of it, you know? Hmm. Tom,
4: what about you? What's been most stressful for you? Well, uh, I've been taking a bigger and bigger picture view of just the world in general ever since this pandemic started. And it's pretty stressful because I'm trying to look past what, what comes next after this, because it was a test. And I think in a lot of areas we were found wanting it makes me think of uh there was a bit in a wallace and Gromit movie where Gromit's on a little train and laying out tracks as it goes along like frantically uh i'm not sure that's a good path good good habit to be in laying down the track in a global pandemic uh
3: as we're moving
4: yeah yeah
3: it's interesting i i was just Amazed at the resilience of, of so many people. Mm. So many people. And I think part of that resilience is because you know what you're all saying about is, is the gratitude is we began to realize what we really have um and how much we took for granted. Mm. You know, how much we took for granted. And yet so many people came forward to help somebody else. <laughs> For me, that is that hope uh, about who we are as human beings is just, it's inspiring. And, and I wanna be able to, to do more of that, help more of that. We're gonna, be, we're gonna be looking at hope as a major, major theme over the next several weeks because we, we're not out of COVID yet. But at least there's some hope I, I don't know whether you guys experienced the relief after uh, getting your vaccinations i didn't even no- notice it for a week or so and then i went shopping and i just thought wow i'm i'm not double masked i'm not i'm not you know it's it's this right. remarkable
1: experience right the tension the tension's not there and i think you're so right that hope is on the calendar um I, I love hearing you say i really appreciate hearing you talking about seeing the um, and appreciating what and being inspired by what we've seen people do parents who've been able to work triple time you know three jobs they're managing their jobs they're taking care of their household they're educating their kids um you know kids who have learned how to take care of their siblings and their friends and still managed to get some school work done on the side too right uh, there's so many stories out there people helping people um, and if we, the more of those we can uh, really pay attention to, uh, I think we'll be helped by those. I agree. Could not agree more. Look, we've got a few minutes left. Um, I just want to
3: come back to the, the IM approach. Remember the IM are saying we're always doing the best we can, even during this COVID. And we've been influenced by our home domains, our social domains, the biological domain of our brain and body. The biological domain has been a major player in COVID. And of course the IC, how do I see myself? How do I think other people see me? Because the domains interact, a small change can have a big effect. You don't have to change everything. We could not have had a smaller change than a virus that has had a huge effect, affect the biological domain and has affected every other domain as a result. But small changes can have a big effect. So, Joanne, I'm going to ask you first, and then I'm going to ask you, Larry, what small change can you recommend to our listeners so that they can get through this last part? hopefully this last part of COVID.
0: I would say, and I'm saying this to myself, honoring yourself as a form of self care. So whatever you need in the present moment or in the next couple of weeks and months, however long we have left, it's just your honor yourself and to be gentle with yourself. Cause we've been through a lot and I don't think we understand the magnitude of like what we've been through, but the last 13 months have been a whirlwind. So just honor yourself.
1: Great. Larry, small
0: change. I pay a lot of attention to the
1: social realm. You know, our grandmothers knew this, but there's, but social connection is really important, right? And there's lots of research that backs that up now. Um, And I think the more that we can pay attention to that, the more we can pay attention to our relationships and do whatever we, any little thing to help them grow and stay connected to other people. So when we can pick up the phone and call that cousin we haven't talked to in a long time, uh when we can reach out to our neighbors when we can say to our coworkers and our friends how are you no really how are you you know and really mean it i think those are the things that we can do that help ourselves and others and you control no one. you influence everyone joanna what kind
3: of influence do you want to be
0: i want to be able to be the person for my community to be able to serve my community in any way that i can um to see that there are people who are in this profession that look like them, like I'm a black woman, but I'm also a therapist, I'm also a counselor. So it's not something that's foreign to us that we have people, we have representation. So I just want to be representation.
1: Larry, what kind of influence? For me, it's about the gratitude we talk about, you know, being as humble as we can be and, and showing gratitude for what others are doing. And to your point that everyone's trying to do their best every single day. On that note, let's hope that's our next big phase guys.
3: We're going to be hoping. ben thanks a lot Mark, Tom. We'll see you next week. Larry and Joanna, thank,
1: thank you. you so much for being here. No, oh, thank you for the opportunity. Right, everyone, from the Dr. Joe show.